Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef, equipping us to grow into a deeper walk with Christ. Part of Night Vision each weeknight. Details at vision.org.au. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective. 2020 on Vision. Let's spend the next few minutes talking about the developments that are going on in China with such a vast population and a disparity of wealth where there are the very rich and also the very poor. Now, an organization called International China Concern has been working in China since 1993 after the founder, David Gotts, saw firsthand the suffering of Chinese children with disabilities. They were left abandoned, left without hope, in desperate conditions. Now China Concern has welfare centres in permanent locations with full-time family-style care for children. Let's get some insights into another one of those magnificent Christian ministry mission organisations. Peter Mays is the CEO of the Australian operation of China Concern. Peter's joining us. Welcome, Peter. Well, thank you, Neil. And Richard Harris is former chairman of International China Concern. Uh, Welcome to you, Richard. Thanks, Neil. Great to be here. Uh, Let me come to you first, Peter, because as CEO, uh, people are interested in what's happening in China. Uh, There are some challenging situations in China. The government is tightening its grip on its communist rule. How is this affecting things for you working there in China and working with the government? Well, one of the things that's been happening in recent years, Neil, is that the government that used to let uh, foreign uh, NGOs, non-government organizations, work in the country, kind of unregulated, um, they've decided that this is not a good thing, that any foreign NGO needs to be approved and they have to go through a process of registering with the government. In years past, there used to be a number of organizations, especially Christian organizations, that if you could find someone on the ground that you could work with, then you just go in and do a project. And that seemed fine for everyone, especially when China was developing. The current government um, is not as receptive to foreign uh, intervention of any kind in China. Uh, They don't really like the idea of foreign organizations on the ground um, because they're much more focused on the Communist Party um, being the provider of everything. All the good things in your life are done uh, by and through the party. Now, this doesn't mean they're not going to allow us to continue to work. It means they have to approve us to continue to work. So this year, um, we have applied for our official registration, which will allow us uh, to continue our work. Other than that, the you know what you one thing you really find is there is the the propaganda at the top. There is you know the central government mission. Then there's the folks you work with on the ground, and we've worked with them for 25 years. They know us. They like the work that we do, and they appreciate us being there. So from that standpoint, day-to-day, the government that we work with and the, the cities in Hunan province, um, we're working pretty much the same as we always have. And Richard Harris, it's not as though international China concern is there as a proselytizing evangelical organization, solidly Christian, but you're speaking with actions uh, louder than words, the work that you do uh, goes back uh, some time now, 25 years. You're the carrier of this history. Give us a little bit of an impression as to how things have developed over that time. Well, uh, as with all of these things, they start from very small beginnings. Um, 
uh, a man called David Gotts. I hardly say he's a man because he was only uh, 22 when he actually went. Um, he always felt that he wanted to work in China, and he ended up by accident in an orphanage that strangely was quiet. There were no children playing or anything. And he went in there, and he saw why, because it was a place where abandoned children were really taken. There wasn't much care given. Um, and they went in a number of rooms that he found, frankly, quite disturbing. And then finally, he went up into an upper room, and there were three babies lying on a bed, uh, and which two were dead. He'd never seen a dead body before. Uh, two were dead. The third one um, they took, he was with a, a, a colleague who'd invited him into the orphanage. He'd been working there. Uh, they took the baby home and uh, held her at night, but by morning, the baby hadn't really recovered. They then took her to a hospital, but when they went back later, they were told just very blankly, the babies died. And at that point, he thought, well, <laughs> I may be 22. I may be a guy, a young guy. You know, what experience do I have of babies or families? But he said, I have to do something. And what he ended up doing was bringing people into the orphanages to really nurture the children on a visiting basis at first before eventually starting a more permanent operation in Changsha, which is in the middle of China. Peter Mays, on the ground today, mm -hmm. you are working in all sorts of situations where families are facing tragedy, where yep. you've found children abandoned on the streets. You've got children with disabilities and no doubt some of those quite severe disabilities. Mm. You're working with a lot of heartbreak and a heartache mm. when it comes to some of the challenges that you face. Yes, um, it, it it can be challenging as a uh, a word that comes to mind, but um, you know, we work with abandoned and disabled children. They're the same thing. Um, the young people who are abandoned, it's because they have a disability. Now, it's changed slightly. Uh, in the last few years, you find fewer um, girls who are abandoned because of the change in the one-child policy. It used to be maybe 10 years ago, you'd see a lot more healthy girls because some families were saying, well, we, we only get one kid, so we want it to be a boy. These days, um, it's just um, disabled children, and they are abandoned for a couple of reasons. In some cases, the families are saying, my kid's broken. I don't want a broken kid, and, and they just will put it um, on the steps of a police station or in a field someplace. In other cases, it's much more heartrending where uh, poor families that, say, have a child with cerebral palsy and they realize that they don't know how to take care of this child. No one they know can take care of this child, and the government isn't there for them where they live. And they're thinking, this is a sacrifice, but we're willing to give up this um, child to the government with the hope that someone will be able to give the child a better life. So there's many different reasons that people um, abandon their child, but every single one of them is tragic. Um, no matter what leads to this event, uh, this is, you know, it's a heartrending situation. So all the children who come to us they don't even have a name because no one knows who they are, usually don't even know how old they are. And when they come to us, um, sometimes um, they're quiet. They, they don't talk. They don't interact. Many of them have never played with a toy. You put a toy in front of them, they don't know what to do with it. So um, that's the downside. The upside is we can give them a fulfilling life. All of these children, despite whatever their disability is, um, they have, as we all know, um, they are perfect in God's eyes. And they have um, God-given um, abilities. And, you know, he has a perfect plan for them. So our job really is to work with them 
and help them become the people that God created them to be. Richard, both you and Peter come from Hong Kong and listeners will be able to hear an American accent and a British accent. You're here in Australia and undoubtedly to try and make some new friends for international China concern with the future in mind. What would you like to do to connect with Australians who are hearing these sorts of stories and uh, amazed at some of the things that you guys are involved in and the history of international China concern? Well, one of the things uh, ICC has set up over the years is a series of national offices. Uh, we've got about seven or eight in different parts of the world, which include the US, Canada, UK. Uh, and in Australia, we have three or four national offices in the main cities. So we do have connecting points where... We basically have a number of volunteers and also some staff together. Um, uh, and, and the basic motto is pray, give, go. We want the national offices uh, to pray for our work. Um, obviously, we need funds and, and resources for the, the work that carries on. But we also have quite a strong program for people to go because China still needs volunteers. And if people feel that they have a need um, or a feeling that they actually want to serve in China, this is an opportunity too. Um, uh, we're always on the lookout for people with some training, you know, perhaps uh, therapy training, because a lot of the kids need therapy. Um, that's not really available in China. So these are the kind of things that um, uh, people might be interested in that they can find out through the national offices. From what I understand, as many as 5,000 short-term volunteers over the many years. But that means that there's an awful lot of opportunities there for people who are thinking, perhaps I'd like to visit China, but I wouldn't go there just to see the sights and walk on the Great Wall. I actually want to go and do something worthwhile. Getting involved with an organization like yours, uh, it, Peter? It's a great opportunity, Neil. We have teams where people could join. You go for two weeks. And you really get to live with the children, and you spend the day uh, in what we call our care centers. Um, our uh, children are put into families. Um, they didn't have a family when they came to us, so we'll put a group of uh, children together, six or eight of them live together, they play together, they eat together. And so if someone comes up on a team, um, they will be able to um, enter into one of those group homes, and they get to know the, the young people and um, see what they're like, play with them, and you're really impacted by them. One thing you really feel is the, the joy that permeates um, the homes uh, and also just the, um, the sense of God's presence. So it's, it can be very, very enjoyable. Uh, if anyone goes to our website, for example, they can find a team going at a time of year that uh, is suitable to them. I do recommend you go during um, what would be your winter and their summer because we have a big swimming pool. And then you go in the swimming pool with all the kids, and that's fantastic. Okay. Let me say, Richard Harris, you and the founder, David Gotts, have penned a book together. It's called China's Oasis, and it tells the story of international China concern, and it goes hand-in-hand hand with what people will see on a website all about the book. Uh, it is a, a, a tremendous uh, book which is filled with wonderful stories. Uh, tell us your impression and, and why people ought to get a hold of this. Well, I, I think we try to write it very honestly. You know, it's not a case of where we sat down, we prayed, everything worked out fine. David really went step by step along the way. Um, in faith. And in many cases, that's all he had. He had no money. He had no ideas. He was really in faith. 
um, and God led him along the way. And it's not just that, because there are different phases where other people came in. And the book is, in a way, uh, is it's a combination of maybe 20 or 30 key individual stories, stories about China, stories about the children, stories about the volunteers, all that have come in. But partly we wanted it, too, to be a manual, a manual for people who maybe wanted to go and work out, a manual for, for people who maybe wanted to start an organization. A couple of things we did well, a couple of things we didn't do quite so well, but we tried to be as honest as possible in the book so that people would learn from our experiences. And it wasn't just something that said, oh, everything was just fine and it worked out just as we wanted. And, of course, David Gotts, uh, as the founder of the organization, and these days uh, with a certain sort of uh, hero status, uh, I don't know what you call it, an emeritus status, where he's really founder. become he's, he's become, become the founder, uh, yeah. the founder. Yeah. And, uh, and so he is a pretty special in- individual. He is. He's a, a, a dynamic guy, very charismatic. He would be horrified to, to hear us talking about him in these <laughs> heliographic terms. Um, I would tell us off because, you know, he's just a regular guy. Um, but he is very talented. And I think the thing that he's done is he's basically looked people in the eye and said, what can you do? There's an issue here. Uh, God needs hands and feet to deal with it. And what is your role in it? And I thought, uh, I mean, my real job is as a banker, so I'm not normally somebody who's used to handling dirty little urchins. But it's very difficult not to hug them if they come up to you and um, uh, and do that. Um, but I felt, you know, I wasn't really the right person to give them therapy, but I could write the story, and it's a story that needed to be told. Well, with as many as 80 million disabilities in children in China and as many as 460,000 children who are abandoned, the sort of ministry that goes on at International China Concern, you can imagine, is very, very important. Let me point you to two websites. One is chinaconcern.org and the other, if you're interested in getting a hold of China's Oasis, this is this new book, written by David Gotts and Richard Harris. It's China's Oasis, Love, Hope and Opportunity for the Hidden Children of China. There is a special website called chinasoasis.com. And as you read along the book, you can also get an interactive experience on the website. Peter Mays, CEO of the China Concern Operation, and also Richard Harris, former chairman of International China Concern. Thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.